I got to take everything off and sweat. Hello and welcome to episode number 203 of Grumpy Old Man's Wednesday, November 30th, 2022. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where it may be freezing, but at least there ain't no volcanoes. And from the snow-covered winter weather wonderland on America's left coast, where it takes two to make a podcast, I'm Ryan Bemrose. No, you can just, pod- you can podcast with one. No, we we didn't. Not for the last two weeks. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, there was there was Hawaii involved, and see, the minute you leave that place, it starts exploding. So I don't know what you did to it. Did you I touch Hawaii? In a I'm bad not going to admit it. Not not on not on anything that can be admitted into evidence. Yeah, people would get angry about that. Some really and that's my job. Awesome pictures. You know, it's yes. the the immensity of nature watching this thing blow. Is like, oh yeah, but you know, humans are causing uh, all sorts of carbon. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, there there are also humans in the way. If if that like right now, the lava flows are content to stay on top of the mountain, but gravity's a bitch, and there are there are human settlements in the way. So uh, there's some con- concern. And so you talked about that for you broke right still, up. Hello. Yeah. You th- oh. you still there? We have a connection issue. Am I broken? You were for a moment. I think you're back now. What? What? Why? Why are you issuing my connection? I don't know. What? What are we? Rare encounter? What the hell? Let's I get know. this connection stable. That's when everything sounds like you're underwater. But it seems like we have. And done. We have stabilized. Although, no, it's jumping all around from round trip from like 66 milliseconds nope. up to like nope. 900 for a second there. But I digress. Hooray. How was your trip to Hawaii? It is it is theoretically possible. It is theoretically possible that this is on my end. Um as I alluded to in the opening of the show, all of our lines on poles around here are being heavily strained by an uncommonly heavy snowfall. Real oh, wait, so you have a, like a blizzard going on right now? Not at the moment. The blizzard was yesterday and it was uh equal parts uh heavy snow and tree parts. filling the air (laughs) wait the tree parts are supposed to stay on the trees yeah well the trees were were dancing back and forth trying to shake all the parts off and Ah. uh we it was a real mess this morning it was uh what do we have well it's been above freezing for a couple hours now so there's probably only about nine inches of snow out there right now damn and if it's heavy snow that is dangerous there it, it well it is it's uh uh, ask ask any snow skier who skis all over the place about the Pacific Northwest and the phrase cascade concrete might come up, <laughs> which is to say, and, and I, I, I don't think you're a skier, but no. if you ask skiers, you know, what, what's the best type to ski in? They'll usually use the word powder because it's the, the really light fluffy stuff that sprays all over the place and, and is almost not there is just enough that you can cut across it. That, that's the kind of snow skiers love. Yeah, it's like that's a not cloud. what we get. 
Right. When we're here in the Pacific Northwest, the snow is really heavy because there's so much precipitation coming in. <laughs> it's, it's the kind of thing that if you're not used to it, you will get tripped up as, as a snow skier. But more importantly, uh, it's the kind of stuff that takes forever to clear off, especially when it's a total of 34 degrees. So I'm not going outside today. I don't blame you. I mean, it's one of those things, too, where the snow gets heavy enough. Even with mechanical help, bring a snowblower out there and they're just like, oh, snowblowers just do not work in this. <laughs> I know. I mean, on the fortune, on, on the plus side, this is a whole winter's allocation worth of snow. We do not get snow very often. Most of the winter is dreary and raining because it's just not that cold most of the time. We just happen to have a cold front and a storm come through right now. So this is all winter's worth of snow. We'll be fine. It will be <laughs> wonderful. Right. As soon as the climate change all melts off of my deck, I'll be able to use it again. Right. You say that now, although this ends up being a, a trend for the whole winter that you're getting this kind of cold, you'll have a lot of fun. And then in that case, Greta was right. Right. I mean, we can't say what caused it, but damn, we've got weathering. You know, the hilarious thing is uh, uh, Bemlet lives maybe 40, 50 miles away as the crow flies. And uh, I was talking to him last night as I look outside and just seeing, uh, you know, an, a, an inch and a half an hour accumulating and the snow going sideways and blowing and flurrying everywhere in the trees. And I asked him, I said, well, what do you think of the snow? What snow? It's just raining like crazy here. You're like, oh, can you bring something to my house, please? Yeah. It's like, could you bring some of the rain here? I'd like the snow gone. Just drive on over. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. I mean, it's not quite what you were used to for the Hawaiian vacation you went on. I did. I mean, it wasn't as much of a vacation, but we decided to turn it into anyway. Well, it's always but good it was, to spend uh, time with the family. I mean, as long as you don't a, hate your family. Uh, you know me. <laughs> no, I thought they hate you. That's different. Yeah, I, I engender these feelings in people. you like, can we come on over? And at least you got to go it, in the pool. I really some, enjoyed the trip. Had uh, some relaxation. Was, Did you enjoy flying? No, no, not at all. Not at all. It, it wasn't nearly as awful as I'd hoped. Or I'd hoped. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You're like, I'm not happy yeah. unless I am really yeah, pissed like, off. I've got to be able to complain about that. No, it wasn't nearly as awful as I feared. Uh, not one person complained at me about face diapers but washington being a left coast state and hawaii being even farther to the left as you know if you look on a map or the political spectrum um i would say in seattle probably 20 percent of people were still wearing face diapers and I got to Hawaii and that was probably closer to 35 or 40 percent. Wow. Just a lot of people still walking around, hiding their faces, trying to rebreathe their bacterial air. And I, I didn't make a big deal out of it with anybody because nobody came up to me and told me I should wear one. Uh, I just breathed the airport air, you know, with all of the fun viruses and bacteria in it. I'm like, I have an immune system still. So well, and it just it doesn't make sense. I mean, the. The one story that would coincide with it that I pulled for today was that Twitter, thanks to Elon, and I guess maybe just sanity coming back, Twitter has decided to stop enforcing COVID misinformation. So you'll no longer have to see all of those things if you're a Twitter user. I know you're not, but nobody I, will have to ever see a tweet again that's been like, 
this might be misinformation. So this is a universally good story because censorship is bad. But even using the phrase COVID misinformation and referring to what is is objectively the truth in a lot of cases uh, is is already using their doublespeak. Well, which is the problem, because Uh misinformation is the new misinformation is a problem. But for some reason, all these journalists don't seem to be getting censored. It's amazing, isn't it? And it's amazing because there was a uh, White House correspondent that basically threw up a softball to Jean Piaget, whatever her name is. About you, do you, do you understand that I honestly don't know what her name is because I, I get all my information from No Agenda and although sometime when she was first installed way back in the distant past Adam may have answer, spoken her name correctly now the only thing I can think of is when he's like you know John Claude Van Damme Pierre Judd, right like I don't That's know what her enough. name is that is close <laughs> enough I mean she is really I know it's close twit. enough everybody knows who I'm talking about exactly. And she is literally a twit. I mean, I didn't like the uh, Chucky doll they had before her. Show the uh, right. She should be. She would fit right in with that crowd. But where I didn't like the Chucky doll, at least she was good at her job. She was good at having a she had a brain in there, right? And that's the difference. She had a brain. She was witty. She was wrong most of the time, but at least she was sarcastic about it. Yes, and she would point to you like you're an idiot for even saying that. But this girl does not do her job well. But the news media yes, she does. is it, it, it depends on what you think her job is. I don't even think because what she you, thinks her job is. She's doing well. Well, if if you think her job is to disseminate propaganda from the White House. No, she's terrible at no, it. No, she's not good at if that you, either. If you think her job is up there to be a token to virtue signal that the White House makes diversity hires, then in fact, she's doing it great. All the White House does is make diversity hires from vice president down to spokes hole. You can see it here. But the fact that the media is in on the whole misinformation thing is scary to the 10th degree because have they're you, the ones have looked that, at. Have you looked at the media for the last five years? They have been in on misinformation for a long time. Yeah. And then they're in on shutting people down, which is the antithesis of what any real journalist has been about up until this current time. I don't think you can point to anybody in history that was considered a quality journalist. who was like, Hey boss, we need to quiet the people. We need to, we need to get speech and just squash that because it doesn't make sense. It's like, let even like the idiot that was at the white house. I mean, besides I'm not white house at Mar-a-Lago with Trump and Kanye, you know, Oh, well, uh, Nick Fuentes, uh, like Trump had a meal with a white supremacist. It's like one who cares, you <laughs> so? know, really, it's like, who cares? Kanye brought him, which then I'm really questioning what white supremacist means to Nick Fuentes. If he's hanging out with Kanye, I, I have no idea the veracity of this story, but I saw a meme uh, this morning about some influencer being canceled from one of their sponsorships because one of their videos happened to have a my pillow in it. <laughs> I mean, this is the insane level we're getting to. But I mean, one thing it does point out is maybe Donald Trump should vet his guests before coming in. But he's not president anymore, although he's running. 
But who cares it's not, who he talks to? It's like this yeah, is it's again. not his job to give a crap what they think of him anymore. Well, no. actually, no. He announced that he wants to be president again, which means that he is taking on the reign of giving a shit what people think again, yes. which is unfortunate. But it's like the reality is, OK, you're talking to somebody that doesn't mean you have their beliefs. It doesn't mean you're in lockstep with them because you talk to somebody doesn't mean anything except you're like, well, I wanted to have a conversation with that person. And really, if you want to learn something, you have conversations with people you disagree with. You make a terrible, terrible woke apologist. You are not allowed to speak to people who have a different ideology than you. That's how bubbles get broken. This is how we right. We're we're just trying to break down the walls. You get exposed to uncomfortable ideas that might expand your horizons, and we cannot possibly have that. We don't want to be uncomfortable. No, we do not. No, we do not. But with that said, the main story I had pulled today was from the Post Millennial, which is Google and YouTube are spending millions to launch the global fact check fund, Ryan, because we need (laughs) the global fact check fund, especially when it's Google that is behind this. How do we not already have this? I don't know. How did we live without it? it? Yeah, every company has has had their own fact check, which at this point is a euphemism for, you know, state propaganda or whatever. But how have they not got together before this and just said, oh, let's just pool all of our resources? I mean, they the buzzword moving forward, especially towards the next presidential election is going to be misinformation. This is going to be the main thing. The last election to a certain extent. But the presidential election, it's going to even be multiplied. And the reality comes down to, again, if you're the one that's trying to silence the other side, most likely you don't have as good of an argument because I will just never understand any of this. Like, okay, so Nick Fuentes is a Holocaust denier. Who cares? Uh, There's a lot of people out there who can make the case on why he's a moron and why he's wrong. People can still get to decide if they want to believe, you know, something insane that somebody's saying, even if there seems to be a bunch of facts in the other direction. But you allow people to make their case, and then it is the world that is the fact check. You know, everybody responding gets to be the fact. It's this concept that we need a government or social media, some kind of group to go, oh, no, we'll protect you from misinformation is bullshit. This is just an extension, and I, I I believe I brought this up before on the the change in the the secular human spirituality, where you know people think, oh, I'm I'm above religion. I should you know abandon all of the the religious trappings. And don't get me wrong, I, I don't like formal religion. I'm kind of with Larry on that one. But humans biologically do require a a form of spirituality it's it's part of self-actualization it is necessary and if you go out and explicitly say i am going to reject all forms of religion you end up picking up one somewhere and there are a lot of people now for whom the religion is the state and in that context the idea of you know the spirituality requires that there be a higher power that imposes its rules on us and that we must, uh, in, in order to achieve salvation, we must follow and support and and bow down to this higher power. And then people have latched onto that being the government, which is why 
they are so incredibly resistant to rational arguments because you're telling people that their deity is wrong. Yeah. And they don't like I don't know that. why I went there, but well, but, this again is because this buildup of, well, we have to have tools to go after misinformation. And the first time I think it says everything you need to know about the Obama presidency. That's the first time I ever remember the United States government talking about, well, you might hear your neighbor saying something. And I know this probably happened back yeah. before I was Turning born in the fifties in the, um, you know, the, the, the 1930s era. in Germany. Uh-huh. Yeah. But as far as in my lifetime, the first time I heard a president being like, you know, if you hear your neighbor saying something really bizarre, well, we'll, we'll call us and let us know. It's like, if, no agenda has a whole jingle about it. If you see, see something, something, say, say something. something. Right. And that was Obama That's, asking that, about that. Yeah, that is that is turn in your neighbors to the government. That is that is you should have more loyalty to your God, the state, than you should have to the other human beings around you. And and when when we develop the that kind of allegiance where you have you know, the, the state is a faceless organization of people that don't have your best interests in mind somewhere far away. And as soon as you put those needs ahead of other human beings in your life, like especially people turning in family members, I don't care right. what they did. If you turn in your family member for a crime, then you are already a bad person. It might be, you know, they might be a worse person if they depending on the crime, but that is just not cool. You need to have loyalty. To the human beings in your life, or we don't have societies. And I don't understand why anybody oh, would I keep going off, would bow down to a fact checking group like, well, yeah, we know they're going to actually be trying to get to the truth and not just spreading propaganda. And I don't think anybody can ever come up with, even in a magical world, a system where this would work the way it should work if everybody was honest, because people are never fully honest so this concept no. that we need a group to tell us this is like we need as you said i think it may be that there is a lack of religion a lack of spirituality and it's like well who do we turn to to find out who's telling us the truth well obviously the global fact check fund yeah I, and it's not even always the government there are a lot of people out there for whom google is their religion and therefore can do no wrong so if they say that we're going to fact check things and what we say is the truth, then the mountains of evidence and, and data points where fact checkers got it wrong. Just, I mean, the, your, your mind would melt if you considered that evidence. So it's, there is no rationality to this decision it is entirely emotional. It is entirely a spiritual decision. It's like taking a, a, a you know, somebody who, is completely all in on Christianity, whatever you decide on that, the, the fundamentalist who sleeps with a Bible up his butt every day and saying, uh, you know, God actually hates you and, and is trying to kill you. And here's all of the evidence, even though the evidence is in the bu book up his ass, he will never see that evidence and go, no, God always loves me. Of course. The global like, fact check fund, they explained, quote, will help fact checkers to scale existing operations or launch new ones that elevate information, uplift credible sources, and reduce the harm of myths and disinformation around the globe. Oh, my God. It's such doublespeak. And it's such, oh, yeah, it's Orwellian. Like I said, there is so much evidence out there of fact checkers getting it wrong. There, 
They have absolutely no lock on what is true and what is not. What they have is exactly the same thing you have, which is a search engine and the ability to do research. That's all they have. And, and somehow this flowery languages is elevating them to this is the source of truth in the world. No, no, I reject it. Yes. Organizations that said are expected to use the funding to incorporate new technologies, create or expand digital footprints, optimize verification tools and increase their capacity to deepen audience engagement through innovative storytelling formats such as audio, video or podcast. Aren't podcasts audio and or video? I don't understand why you have to say audio, video or podcast. Everything about that sentence was was both (laughs) ominous and marketing bullshit at the same time. Because we need our big leaders to tell us what is real and what's not because, well, to be fair, I think the education system in the United States that I believe did still teach critical thinking when you and I were in the you know high school and grade school levels. There were some teachers who had not yet got the memo yet. Right. Now, I don't think you get that. So there, you have not given anybody the ability to be able to do, determine themselves what is right and what is wrong. So we need a big board, whether it's government control, whether it's Google, it doesn't really matter. If it's uh, controlled by some big entity that's going to be like, we will tell you what is true. It's like, well, no, that is just very scary stuff. Yeah, because they don't know any more than we do. Correct. And, and, they and then they're coming to. out. And, and, and that's not even a big deal. You can be as narcissistic and egomaniacal as you want when you say, I am the ultimate source of truth. I say that on this podcast because I am. But that's fine. That's not the evil part. The evil part is the next step, which is inherent in the way, quote unquote, fact checkers behave today. The next step is anybody who disagrees with me shall be punished by force. and. That is pure evil because there's even if you were all if even if your fact checkers were right all the time. Censorship is bad. Punishing people who say things that you disagree with is. An intellectually dishonest and is I mean, it violates the the principle, the core of libertarianism, which might be why it annoys me so much. You are using force on somebody else to shut down their ability to think. And that's bad. You're shutting down the conversation and you're only leaving one point of view. So, of course, the unwashed masses who don't know any better go, hey, well, like 99 percent of the people I've read agree with this. It's like, well, yeah, because everybody that disagreed has been thrown off the platform. And the, the verifiable and provable fact that fact checkers get it wrong just as often as conspiracy theorists or anyone else, that, that is provable, that is verifiable, that is easily checked. That they are wrong all the time is actually completely ancillary to the fact that it is evil to be censoring people based on this information. Yeah, the, there was just the, a story on uh Fox News, which came from uh, a sit down that ex Twitter safety chief Yoel Roth had with uh, Adam Curry's favorite quasi journalist, uh, Kara Swisher. 
and they were talking about the Hunter Biden story. And he admitted that it was a mistake. She asked him straight on. Was it a mistake to censor the Hunter Biden stuff? And he said, in my opinion, yes, but then pointed up the uh, flagpole. So I guess it was Jack Dorsey that was the one that intervened to uh, to have that part done on Twitter. But we all know that the end result is the same, that this was a story that was very much based in fact that had them the number. I'm missing it here, but it was something like. 11,000 people that they had thrown off Twitter or at least banned for a while because of posting about that story. And it turned out the story had a lot of legs. I, I don't buy that. It was a mistake. Well, looking I, back on it, he says it was a mistake, but that's- of course, of course, because <laughs> that is, that is more palatable. An apology, a, a pseudo apology. Uh, if, if you're going to backpedal the horrible things you've done, it's a lot easier to say, Oh, I made a mistake when I murdered these 1200 people than it is to say I was evil and I did terrible things and I'm going to hell for it. And this is more evidence. And it's going to be interesting with a Republican Congress, just in the fact that there are going to be some investigations into the FBI. We know there are. I believe so, because there's like 16 or 20 at least whistleblowers out of the FBI. And And, and I know. The, the question is not whether or not there is evidence of it. I think that's pretty clear, even though it's been suppressed by fact checkers. Right. The, the question I have is, do you honestly think that there are enough people, even Republican controlled Congress, who want the truth? That's questionable. Although because it just takes are, one. There, the, you know, there are actually two Republican parties these days. There's the. Uh, for for want of a better term, which it 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 may pass the rule of awesome, but it is not it, the MAGA group, which is a a populist branch off of what was originally Ron Paul's Tea Party, and then got co opted, but not really because when it got co opted and they tried to ruin the Tea Party, then the people who were like, hold on, we actually believed in freedom right. and want, liked what Ron Paul said, and they ended up all glomming onto Trump for better or worse, but now, there's that. And then there's the classic old school war hawk, you know, 85 year old has been in Congress for 92 years. Don't even know how that math works. And there's Republicans in there that are, they have a much stronger allegiance to the machine, to the state, to the system as it is, than they have to, their chosen Republican party. I don't think those people are going to be even remotely interested in upsetting the apple cart. Well, and just as a, an aside, speaking of misinformation now, anybody that wasn't paying attention when the tea party came to prominence, which was what now, like 12 years 2012, ago, yeah, 2010. So they were in the news media portrayed as these horrible violent anarchists and they would have these tea party events you know the news media lied about something it's it's hard to believe these the tea party would have events you know there was one i think down by the uh by the washington monument or something down there in dc there was you know hundred thousand there was a lot of people that showed up and you know these horrible violent people when you saw the before and after pictures, 
it was like somebody came by and cleaned up. It was not after like a Antifa or Democrat, you know, riot and burning where the whole place is filled with litter and garbage and disarray and the grass is all torn up. After these tea party things, it was like, wow, did somebody come and clean this up or what? Because it was always left in better, it seemed, state than it was beforehand. But the media was still telling you how horrible and violent these people were. It's like, I'm not sure what you're getting. Are you are you getting it that the that the party might have been made up of decent human beings? Or are you merely point, suggesting yeah. that there's some secret cabal of garbage workers who <laughs> go, want to remove evidence of things? That may well, see now that may be too. I never thought of it that way. They're like we have to make sure we have no evidence that we were even here. But this with the FBI, both this guy that's the ex uh, Twitter guy Roth. And uh, Zuckerberg from Facebook, Facebag, revealed that they were approached by the FBI prior to the 2020 election, warning them about foreign propaganda and misinformation. You know, which just basically meant the stuff the Democrats were going to try to put out there. As opposed to the uh, even more dangerous domestic propaganda and misinformation. I guess that doesn't actually happen. I don't know what there and it's like again the no, FBI, not according not according to the propagandists it doesn't yeah well the fbi should not be involved in what is propaganda on twitter or facebag or god forbid tiktok which is another very interesting case now that this administration remember when we covered the story and everybody was like <laughs> donald trump's a moron he's saying that tiktok is bad trump's a moron now all the democrats are saying it too yeah, but that's because it's been long enough that the the news cycle can completely have forgotten that Trump did it. Right. And, well, and now we can more importantly, you know, you, you can't Biden cannot take credit for banning TikTok if TikTok were not or were already banned, which is why the very first day that he was in office, one of the the 40 uh, executive orders that he issued decided to rescind trump's ban on tiktok right now we'll get now we're gonna get serious with those chinese because they 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 have to have problems to solve that's the only way that they can be seen as being a good force in any way so what the the formula is real simple you have to create a problem and then you wait long enough that people get used to it and forget how it started and then you swoop in to fix the problem another fine example of what you're talking about is the uh, the cost of insulin, which right. Trump kind of lowered the cost of insulin by quite a lot. He fixed it. It was it was low for about a year in in 2020. And then and then the first day Biden came and rescinded that one, too. And boy, those prices started to skyrocket until somebody in the Biden administration said, you know, we should look into regulating this. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's the so, same old system, same old song and dance. Although it is tiring to watch the talking heads on either side of this, there was some Republican guy that referred to TikTok on a uh, was probably on Fox News. I think it was with uh, Ingraham, Laura Ingraham. And you said Republican, so it was probably on. Fox it had News. to be right because where else? If it wasn't Newsmax or uh, Fox, that's uh, that's kind of it. But he called TikTok digital fentanyl. And I'm just like, okay, now this is an interesting mixing of two totally different things. And 
I think TikTok is bad for a variety of reasons. We've talked about it at length. Oh, certainly. But I don't think we, it's any different than any other social media. When when TikTok was just starting to break into the like grumpy old Ben's, maybe, you know, episode 80 or so, when it was just starting to break into the U.S. and become big here, we had a pretty long discussion about, look, this looks kind of evil. This looks like it, it, it might be a bad influence on people. <laughs> we had that discussion. Yep. Although I, I just want to ask, though, let's enumerate what exactly it is that makes TikTok evil. They are um, addictive. They, they actually go out and uh, intentionally try to make their app as addictive as possible. They try to bring you in, keep you in. Um, they put your mind into a basically catatonic receptive state and then inject ads into it. Right. It's um, a very trance-like state. You're right. Steal your public data. They steal your personal data. They steal your credit card data. They store everything about you. They store every tap on the app, everything you click on, everything you look at, everything you watch. They dump that into a huge database. Uh, they may or may not be crunching the data, but they are in fact selling that data to companies and they're giving that data to governments for the purpose of being used against you. The question that I have really is, is there anything I just described that Facebook doesn't do better or that Twitter doesn't, hasn't been doing for 10 years? And why are they singling out TikTok? I think I know the answer to this, and that's China. But what do you, what say you? Wow, that was a very O'Reilly question. It was. Uh, the, <laughs> You're the, welcome. The China thing definitely is a part of it. But I think the video aspect changes things a little bit from what you get with something like uh, Facebook. YouTube. YouTube is a little different because it's longer form videos. There is, I think, something really insidious in the average twi- uh, TikTok video is probably what 10 to 20 seconds I'm, I'm i don't know exactly what their limitations are but they seem to be vastly short little videos that play in a loop without you having any interaction with it which it's rare i think for people to go to youtube watch one video and then just watch whatever else comes on i think that's that's kind of a rarity and i'm not even sure any most uh platforms autoplay those or not i'm guessing you could set it to but tiktok that's their whole thing which is start playing it and it's going to play the video and if you swipe it to get rid of it another video is going to start immediately afterwards we did some major looks into the algorithm that was being used and how it was taking people who were already depressed and making them more depressed by showing them more depressing content which is when you have it when you have a foreign government owning the company you have to ask what are the reasons for them making the choices that they are at least when you're dealing with a good old-fashioned american company most of the time they're just trying to make money i don't know if that's tiktok though Are, are you suggesting that our ai overlords might be trying to kill us yes and causing more mental why do you think kids today are so much more given the diagnosis of having mental stress and health problems it is because way more are, common now 
because there are a lot more mental health professionals and the DSM five is something like 5,000 pages. They need jobs. And it's interesting because it's like that. It just wasn't the way it was. I, I, I guarantee there were probably a dozen mental health disorders that would be diagnosed today that I could have been diagnosed in 1985, except that in 1985, parents did not look at their kids' personality quirks and go, oh, I guess I better go get them diagnosed and drugged. Right. It was actually, I want to say it was the 90s that that really started to become a big thing. So I guess I escaped. But And this, I believe, is a part of that. I think this has a greater effect on the health of people that consume it than most people would realize, especially when you're talking about the 18 and under set. It's it's interesting, no matter where you go now. I mean, this isn't just TikTok either. Everybody in the crowd seems to be sitting there looking at their phone, even when you're at a fucking concert. People are looking at the screen on their phone. I mean, it's very strange that sure they're probably watching the live stream from the stage. <laughs> it could be that they're so addicted to the or, little devices or they're checking their their notifications. I don't know. It could be because they're like, wait, I just I just instant myself here and wait, how many people somebody's oh, they're liking it. The people are liking me. It's a very uh, I, weird, addictive thing that when we were kids, we didn't have any of these issues. Where, I am so happy to have grown up I know. before everybody had a cell phone. Right. Because your validation for kids now is tied to cell phones. And that is insidious. It really is. It's bad that you're like, well, I'm basing <laughs> everything based upon how many friends I have, how many likes I have. Servo from the troll room. People are downloading a lighter app so they can wave it at the stage. Right. It's way safer. Unlike people the, don't smoke that much anymore. Or when they do, it's it's an electronic push button vape pen or something. Nobody carries a lighter. There was a guy. I'm, wait, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm just assuming it was a guy because it was an asshole move at an Iron Maiden concert. So just assuming probably not a lot of females in the audience as opposed to guys. And in the middle of one song, and I think this was in Greece. A guy lit off a flare. <laughs> you know, it's like, this is like the ultimate in holding up a lighter, right? I mean, it just like, holy I like crap. It. I like it. Yeah. Now, now it might be a dick move if you shoot that like at the stage or right. at other people, but just up in the air, you know, and it was, although it was down like on the ground, so I don't know exactly what happened. And, you know, obviously okay, down on the ground, there's actually a concern about setting things on fire. Yes. Like other people, say, like, because. <laughs> The, the, at a lot of these concerts, the lighting rigs are already designed to trigger epilepsy in epileptics and give epilepsy to people who aren't. And so adding one more firework or flare or something to the sky is it should not be a big deal. But I don't know. Shooting it at people's feet. Got to be careful. You can cause a panic. Yeah, definitely. I mean, at least that caused a little bit. It was way better than looking at your phone during the although if you're looking at your phone, you're like. What smells like it's burning? Oh, wait, it's me. <laughs> so I guess my question about yeah. TikTok and, and you, you brought up a very good thing with the, the short form videos and the, the fact that it actually taps into the hypnosis centers of the brain, if that's a thing is sounds logical. How is, I guess I'm, I'm trying to understand why there's a public freak out about TikTok, even in the media. When it looks to me to be just an evolution of the current brain melting social media platforms that we all know and love. Yeah, and I think that's right, because we saw over this last election cycle, 
even Barack Obama was on with some TikTok influencer on their TikToks. So, I mean, the Democrats, at least, and maybe there are Republicans as well. I didn't haven't seen any, but I don't follow TikTok enough. But I know that Obama and other Democrats were on TikTok really trying to get the vote out from the, well, brain dead masses, I guess, that are on TikTok, which shows I, yeah, they, if, they believe that if Barack if you're Obama on TikTok, there's there's a basic level of influence ability that you've already right. got if you're if you have the app installed. And I think that it shows that if Barack Obama took his time to get onto a TikTok, that they believe that that can bring votes in which is scary on all sorts of different levels, but I'm not convinced they care about votes anymore. They only care about ballots. Well, that's true. That's true. (laughs) And getting rid of the ballots that don't have the proper votes on them. That is absolutely true, but it's a, it's a double-edged sword. I think when it comes to the TikTok stuff, because one, we've heard a lot of stories about children being harmed, doing dumb stunts on TikTok. I'm not going to put that all on TikTok. It also happened on Instagram and YouTube and all that. So TikTok is not alone in that, but it does seem to be the social media site that is most sexualizing younger children as well. And that is a concern. Netflix. Well, Netflix, I mean, they had the one movie, but it's not just one. TikTok is like nonstop. And again, it is giving that validation to these mainly girls doing the videos that you're going to uh, be you're going to be judged by you know how skimpy of an outfit you can wear and how suggestively you can dance and i don't think most parents have any idea what their kids are doing on any social media but that is i guess a pr- i think the good parents do yeah but how many are good parents now a lot more than than five years ago i think the the number of bringing to light incidents like what you described and and the you know the school board situations and and kindergarten teachers telling people what gender they should decide to be or or if they you know how fluid it needs to be is starting to really get parents more involved and that can only be a good thing it's just too bad it had to get so low well, yeah, and for things to get that bad, that's basically how human nature is. It's like, we're going to ignore something until it's so bad that you have to acknowledge yes. it and take. See also the economy. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even want to talk about the economy. <laughs> that is uh, it's another one of those things that's not good. And there's I have of- an interesting story from a couple of days ago of phone addiction. Oh, well, there. this is good because this goes right with what we're talking about. Well, that's that's why I decided to bring it up i believe it or not not everything i say is a non sequitur but it's not no i was on the sergene speaks podcast recently i and, heard uh, that we were, <clears throat> we were having some trouble it was supposed to be two weeks ago but uh so almost everybody who knows to contact me uh, realizes that i'm not on most of the big platforms uh i'm i don't you know i don't have a twitter you can ping i don't have a facebook i'm like you know if you want to get a hold of me you can catch me, uh, you know, I, I, I get in and respond to emails. Um, I don't always respond if your email is stupid, but if, if it's worth responding to, um, I'm usually in the troll room, but if you need me quick, then the best way to get a hold of me is no agenda social, which is admittedly not a huge public place. And it, it's not, doesn't have 
Uh, it doesn't have global reach. And honestly, I like it that way. It's one of the ways that I limit how many people are trying to waste my time. Well, I get a note from Gene on No Agenda Social, and I didn't catch it for a couple hours. And next thing I know, I, I go ahead and respond, and he's like, oh, well, I sent you a text message to to make sure that you noticed. Did you get it? I'm like, no. I So I pull my phone out of the drawer, turn it on. Like, oh, yeah, sure enough, I got three text messages. from. I, if you're listening, Gene, the fact that you somehow got my phone number does not mean I'm any more available to you than anybody else because I don't check my phone. He's got the little three letter agencies. That's, that's my, my level of phone addiction. And, and I, I'm not necessarily recommending this for anybody, but trust me on some level, you will be a lot happier if you do this is if you are not reaching out or actively trying to use the thing, turn it off and put it in a drawer because the distractions, the notifications, the beeping, this shrill screaming of Yoko Ono, not that everybody else uses my ringtone, are just things that you don't need for your mental health. Well, and I got nobody can get a hold of me, and I like it. I got a text from your brother saying "Happy Thanksgiving." I didn't see it till after Thanksgiving, so I'm going to wait until like Christmas and then respond. Okay, <laughs> that, that exactly. <laughs> and uh, SMS messages are asynchronous; it should be acceptable to do that. I definitely don't answer my phone because that's synchronous communication. And if you're, if my phone is ringing, then whatever's going on in there is almost certainly going to be interrupting whatever I'm doing. Now, what I'm doing might not be important, but you're still interrupting it. That's true. And if I wait until Christmas Eve and then respond back with happy Thanksgiving to you too, that's, that'll confuse people. Or you can wait till Christmas Eve and then call him and say happy Thanksgiving to you. been meaning to right that's exactly it are you drinking what are you drinking but <laughs> he, he will be going on to sir gene speaks that is that's like a time commitment of like what 14 15 hours he never shuts we up. managed to keep it under three hours Whew. and then he stopped recording and then we continued talking for like 10 more minutes before i said hold on hold on we got to stop this now we're doing another podcast and he says yeah you're right and then hangs up yeah did, did he ask you what the cost of tenderloin was in your area i mean that's usually a favorite of his wants to know what the cost of meat is in different no, areas he, he didn't beef did not come up uh although okay here's a really weird offhanded comment that he made and i left it alone because he was trying to troll me <laughs> but i feel like you <laughs> are going to know have more context on this he said something about uh we we were talking about apps and and installed you know, computer security. And he said something about, uh, well, you know, do you use, use your VPN? Because, you know, if you, you get your security from NordVPN, that's just malware. That's going to put a bunch of crap, you know, get viruses on your system or something like that. And I don't have any context where this comes from, but it felt at least a little bit like he was trying to troll you through me. So I wanted to pose the question. What is he talking about? He's anti VPN. That's a pretty much, you can sum it up with that. And okay. thinks that they're all evil and that they're all being run by governments, which I think a lot are. A lot are. I don't think there's any question about it's, that. It's not easy to find one that isn't. I'll give you that. And that's the concept is that he doesn't believe any exist that are actually doing the job that they say. And it's like, I believe there are a few. And I don't know if NordVPN is one of them. I 
so far that uh, as far as I can tell, they seem to be open with allowing audits from third parties and all of that. But you really never know. I mean, you're putting your trust in somebody, no matter what you do, anything you do on the Internet, you're putting your trust in your own ISP. Or if you're running through a VPN, you're putting trust in them. And then the question just becomes, is one of them more trustworthy than the other? Do you trust Nord or Comcast more? Right. And I kind of trust Nord more for uh, a lot of the stuff, because allegedly, if you download a lot of pirated music and movies and television and have never once got a DMCA notice, then something is probably okay. That's just a guess. I don't know for sure. Uh, well, yeah, you speak to him more often than I do. It was just it. Yeah, again, I didn't feed that one because it absolutely felt like he was trolling, but I didn't have the context. So I was like, I'm not going to I'm not going to respond to this. I'm just going to write it down and I'm going to ask Darren because I have no doubt that on some Friday you have had that conversation with. him. Yes. And there are tons of not that again, you, not that everybody on the Internet is trustworthy, but there is a no, large just, just the two of us. Right. There is a large Reddit group, among others, that do nothing but look at VPNs and they have they took over from the guy that did the big spreadsheet years and years ago, who unfortunately sold out. Here's one of these assholes who did something really good for humanity. And then he sold out and somebody else took it over and then it went to crap. The whole it was like that one piracy site or that one VPNs privacy site, rather. And uh that's long gone now, but people on uh, the Reddits and other places have taken up that uh, charge and have information about, you know, what jurisdiction the VPN goes under, whether they say they keep logs, whether they allow you to pay by cash, whether they've had third party audits. So while I don't believe that all VPNs are good and trustworthy, I think there probably are at least a few out there who do what they say they do. And that was pretty much what I believe. By the law of averages, you'd think there'd have to be yeah, but, somebody, you know, but, but that might not be a permanent thing. It might be a temporal thing. They might decide later. They're like, oh, actually this data could be making us a lot of money. Uh-huh. I, you know, you, you have to know who's running it. And I think the biggest problem with it is yes. Okay. Let's, let's go with the assumption that out of the, the 500 VPNs out there, that three of them are completely honest and love you. How do you find those? you figure out which ones they are if you don't get nailed you're okay i guess oh, so trial and error <laughs> yes that's where, it where where choosing poorly results in a long prison sentence and a half hefty fine i know a lot of people are going to be interested in that uh-huh you've chosen yeah. wisely you've chosen poorly but on a um and a totally a side note i have a, a tech question for you that was a problem he didn't submit it for the show or anything, but our buddy Boobery, you know, the Mothman of the Miniocalypse, you may have heard of him. I've heard of him. He's having a weird issue with mix and butt to audio <laughs> softwares. I know. Boobery, the Mothman Sorry. of the Miniocalypse of the Behind the Squeams podcast is having problems with his Mixing butt. in his butt, I guess. Yeah, it. mixing in his butt. He's having big problems. Where first of all, don't those two pieces of software do the same thing? You're not supposed to run them both at the same time. Kind of, but he wasn't trying necessarily to run them at the same time. What happened was at the same time, Mix decided it was no longer going to load 
and then but decided it was no longer going to load he has gone through the usual steps that you will do when something like this weird happens with a program which is what i had recommended i'm like well what you want to do if you tried uninstalling and reinstalling and that didn't work i would actually go get a third party uninstaller they're not usually needed but there are a few good ones out there that will look for any registry things that are left and try to totally nuke everything or 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 even better just uh close down the vm that you installed it to right nobody does that spin up a new one right nobody does that this is on their main machine um but basically then these it it sounds like he's running malware that is i'm like where there is a driver issue is he i mean is he running windows 11 because i'm pretty sure that's malware it could be i don't know if he's on windows 10 or windows 11 on, on another just total tangential thing our buddy larry of that larry show.com his dell laptop was shit he couldn't get it to work it was garbage then uh, a no agenda producer reached out to him and they tried a few different things didn't work i guess they upgraded to windows 11 all the problems disappeared man every tech guy in the audience right now is just cringing that I mean, you you had me right up until the part where you said going to windows 11 is an upgrade it, but fi- go on. it fixed it it fixed he's like <laughs> ever since he went to windows 11 he's like yeah the thing's running like a champ so i'm guessing mate although he didn't do a a full nuke so the dell software is still on there so it's not even like you got rid of all the dell software just upgrading it you know upgrading just strictly in the means of going to the newer software not that it's actually an upgrade in my professional opinion because i have not gone to windows 11 here but it fixed the problem which was weird net net in the troll room is suggesting i think that blueberry use a dongle on his butt oh to mix it yeah something like that i told him to uh, open up and look at the uh, the event viewer to see if anything is throwing because I'm guessing they're since they're both audio programs that maybe there's an audio driver issue because it's very rare now. I mean, back in the day, sure, but it's very rare now for a program to just not load. And I mean, just, if they're both trying to open up the Wasapi endpoint in exclusive mode, that won't work. But very few programs do that. And only for like like Audacity will do that if you, or uh, you know things that need to control it like voice meter. Right. Not much else. So it's a weird one. I don't know. I haven't had that problem in a long time where a program just disappears. I feel, on like, I feel like troubleshooting right in here right now on this show without Booberry nearby. Right. Is not, this is not the appropriate time to do that troubleshooting. But, but I thought it was a great thing to throw out there because everybody listening almost probably knows Boo. So if you have any ideas yes. on how he can fix that, let him know let him know almost everybody listening takes podcasts in the butt one way or another yes and then you mix them up yes now the next okay. story i had i thought Enough this of that you're like this this joke is funny please can run i can i leave of course yeah can we exit out of here uh that's how do you usually end these bits telegram discloses personal details of pirating users following court order if that headline doesn't make everybody run from telegram i don't know what will There's no part of that headline I like. This happened in India. And this just shows you again that Telegram was forced by court order to release the information which tied to telephone numbers, I guess, email addresses and all of that. 
So uh, if you think using something like Telegram, which I know that's a level down now from the other one that everybody's seemingly using, that Gene Signal. I've been told by a lot of people that Telegram is trustworthy. I I get told, you know, that such and such service is trustworthy. Here is the primary reason, and I don't care how awesome of people are running the service. I don't care if they have nothing but rainbows and unicorns in their hearts. And if you do, you should have a doctor check that out. If the the thing that worries me, the big red flag is that Telegram is capable of doing what you say. Right. If 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 they have that information and are able to hand it over to law enforcement, then their security is not great. Well, and this is why Telegram and I think Signal, which is the one a lot of people use as well, both of them require a phone number to log in. Now, I know there are ways to try to get phone numbers. Right. But now, even if you go to a Google voice number, it depends how much information Google has on you, because anonymizing yourself from Google is also very hard. It can be done. It's not that difficult. But I just I just have all Google domains blocked in my hosts file. What do you do? Well, then you can't use their software. So there's that makes the Google voice numbers slightly less uh, worthwhile. I can still consider this a feature. Yes, it may be. It very well may be. But any service that's like we need a valid phone number in order to give you an account, be very afraid and never think that you can't be uh, traced with that. Now, if they're telling you that all of the messages between you and the other people are all encrypted, that may be true. That may not be true. And again, most of these places, you can have a third party audit to see. But anybody that was using Telegram in order to pass around pirated wares, I guess, now knows that it's not the place you want to do it. No, I guess not. Fortunately, there's lots of other places one could do such a thing. You think? I, I I think that the dark web is still a thing and the the places that need to be, you know, if you want to stop copyright, the places that you actually have to shut down are not advertising on the web. No, well, that's true. They're a little bit more underground, which is where a lot of the piracy happens. There are small little uh, cabals, if you will, that have groups I, that is you don't open it to everybody. And that way you fly under the radar and nobody sure. really bothers private you. clubs. Yes. I was reading an, another article the other day about uh, the continuing uh, war against the pirate bays mirrors by the the courts of was it sweden it was, it was somewhere in northern europe the uh, there was a court order almost two years ago now brought by in in response to a case brought by copyright holders who said you know, the pirate bay is used for copyright you need to block them and the court came out and said okay in that case um i am ordering all isps in the european union to block the pirate bay and block every mirror that they have which if you know anything about how mirrors occur is an almost impossible task and is an unreasonable requirement on every ISP in the EU. But the, the group, the copyright holders that got that have continued since then to be suing ISPs, telling them they're violating this court order by pointing out a mirror somewhere, which by the way, these things can come up in, Two hours, you can have a mirror of the Pirate Bay up on a 
mysterious IP or a new domain. And in a half hour, you can have it back down. So it's not, it's whack-a-mole for right. sure. And the ISPs are not following this court order. So this copyright holder has been systematically suing every ISP in the European Union if they can somehow find the Pirate Bay through a mirror somewhere. <laughs> well, that sounds like uh, a fun game to play. It's, it's very lucrative if you keep getting court judgments in your favor. Well, and I, when the courts I, just don't understand the technology, that's also another problem. Uh, no, it, because it's not their job to understand technology. It's their job to understand the law. And if you were appointed by a Democrat, then you probably don't do that either. But uh, technology, they're, unfortunately, they're having technology explained to them by lawyers who also don't understand technology. So, no, they, of course, technologists not. are kind of screwed in this the technology is just not understood. And this is the same with all of this stuff. There was just another thing with the NHL putting out, you know, and the court ordered like a block of any in Canada, anybody that was streaming the game. It's like, it's, it is, it's whack-a-mole. So trying to, trying to block everything is ridiculous. You can't track everything, but they're going to keep trying, I guess, because the, the insanity continues. And as long as we are uh, still talking about bitching out Twitter and Apple, uh, I'll go ahead and quote to, to introduce this from Elon Musk. One of his tweets says, does Apple hate free speech in America? Yes. Okay. Yes, they oh. do. Okay. Glad we cleared that up. Next topic. Uh, I oh. think that's pretty much the problem, isn't it? And well, I love the fact that Elon Musk has the kind of fuck you money. That, and attitude. Yes. That if Apple and Google, who are both threatening, I guess, go, you know, we're just going to uh, remove Twitter from the Play Store. Elon's like, well, then I'll make my own fucking phone. I, I, and I want that so hard. I know. I, want I don't even know phone. that I would use a phone. <laughs> I don't know that I would trust a Twitter phone any more than I would trust an Apple or Google phone. But I want more competition in the market because that improves and makes everything better. Uh-huh. And at least Elon being one dude and not a huge, I mean, I know he has a lot of people around him, but it seems like Elon's one of these kind of rogue guys. That's like, I'm going to make the choices. And it's not like a band of a thousand people trying to come up with a solution that he actually does seemingly from everything he's saying. And that could all be a lie. Could all, I get it, but it seems like he's saying he believes in free speech and wants free speech. And until that's proven false, I will uh, back him on that one. He he is he is much closer to the ideal of free speech than any other platform is, or than any platform is is actually accomplishing. So, w with the possible exception of the decentralized ones, because you really can't shut down free speech on those, which is good. So the for for the people who aren't quite sure what we're talking about, and and I might be included in that, it, the the two big Apple and Twitter stories that popped up. Just this week, in fact, uh, one was and and by the way, the source for all of this is Elon's tweets. So, you know, take that what you will. But frankly, every journalist in America seems to be using tweets as as a rock solid source that it's it's just as viable as, as any other article that say sources say, except it has a name attached to it. Right. The the two things that happened, one is uh, apparently Apple has pulled its ads from Twitter 
which sounds petty, but I guess, you know, they're the, the 1200th in a long line of people who of woke corporations who were like, oh, Twitter's not woke as we are anymore. Maybe we should. And, and that got Elon just triggered on an anti Apple threat. And then the other thing that came up, and I don't know where this came from or what the source is, but the rumor has definitely taken on a, a huge legs of its own is the idea that Apple will no will be taking the Twitter app out of the app store. And the insinuation is because Twitter doesn't censor people anymore. Is that what you got? Now, it's interesting because I was looking at a list that was published on uh, Slay, which I don't know how good of a bad of a website that is. But Slay? I, yeah, S-L-A-Y news.com. But I okay. used this on a, a random thoughts the other day. This was a whole list of everybody that had pulled their advertising from Twitter. And I didn't remember saying Apple and they're not on this list. So maybe they're a later edition, but I don't know. It's the yeah. list that was interesting. And among them was even more interesting was that if the company withdrew their ads and also made a public statement about just how woke they were by pulling their ads, they got a little asterisk here and like all the major auto manufacturers in America, Jeep, Ford, Chevrolet, all of them. Oh, yeah on that list and all of them. So they pulled their advertising and put out a statement. It's like, screw you. Well, I mean, this is Apple that I'm talking about. Apple does not put out statements. <laughs> the only time any official information comes out from Apple is in a big three hour multimedia fest on a stage at a conference somewhere when they're announcing new products. So you're not going to get information from Apple. So like I said, I, I, I have a lot of reason to be skeptical of all of this. It's just coming out of tweets, which is, is good enough for journalists, but I prefer to have higher standards than that. Well, but, don't you know, Twitter is the ultimate place to go for truth. It's like, no, it's the place to go for a dialogue, opinion. you know, and, and why and less censorship than before. And that's a good thing, but right. No, I, well, I mean, they, if you run into anybody on the street, do you really expect them to be honest with you? I mean, let's come on. Everybody lies. It's the, it's the truth that we learned from Gregory house of, uh, of the house <laughs> show. Everybody lies. Oh my gosh. Been rewatching that. And it's still every bit as good as it was 10 years ago. That's been on my list. So maybe that needs to go next of a rewatch. Cause he, one, he played the character just fantastically. And the yeah, writing Hugh, Hugh Laurie is amazing. Yeah. It, it, my first introduction to Hugh Laurie was that show. And it was years before I realized he was Brit. Before you watched Fry and Laurie. And uh, like, then I watched Fry and Laurie and went, oh, my God. <laughs> he's a wacky son of a bitch, too. I don't get he it. He is. He is. He seemed he like is. such an angry fellow in that other show. <laughs> it gave me a lot of respect for him. Yes. And he is definitely a true actor because there are a lot of actors that we have grown up with that every movie you see them in, they play themselves. They say different lines. But oh the, yeah, the characters. There's a lot of actors like that. You know, that's it. And and some of whom are are very very highly paid A list actors. Like uh, you know, I'm not going to mention any names, but Tom Cruise, right? Who plays fucking Tom Cruise in every movie he's in? But <laughs> Sir Omaha says, and Hugh Laurie didn't even have a lip. Oh my God, really? He's a well, good. not until not until he did that show. <laughs> yeah, then you're like, no, I can't stop. I, I would not be surprised if walking around like that every episode for eight years gave him some muscle issues. But Yeah. 
probably, but it's a lot better than dealing. You know, again, the, this was quality television back in the day before everything got as screwed up as it, not everything was political. And uh, I miss those days. I really do. They were a lot more fun. Oh, and if you want a recommendation and really want some more Hugh Laurie, uh, I recently finished a six episode miniseries uh, based on a book called The Night Watchman. Oh, was that uh, the one Tom, he wrote or was I don't think he wrote it. Uh, Tom Hiddleston and Hugh Laurie, uh, both of whom are uh, incredible actors and gave a great performance. And if you want, it's it's a drama. And if uh, Hugh Laurie plays the bad guy and Tom Hiddleston plays the good guy. Tom Hiddleston, who most people would know from the Avengers movies as Loki, but uh, he's he's a much better actor than that. Anyway, just random plug because I I actually rather enjoyed that one. Well, and Hugh Laurie actually has written some uh, fiction books, and if you like New Orleans jazz, he's really good at that too. He's a like quadruple quintuple threat, whatever he is, he's at it. He's pretty good. He is pretty good. Uh, I did have another TikTok article. I, I just wanted to add to pile on to the, the Apple story first. Um, and, uh, this, so I read this, uh, originally on Apple Insider, who, uh, was talking about, uh, comments from Ron DeSantis, who is, uh, you know, may or may not be the savior of the, uh, of the country with regards to, you know, totally crushing Joe Biden in two years when, but he is first and foremost a politician. And uh, who said, uh, quote, in an appearance on Tuesday, if Apple removes Twitter from the app store, it should face antitrust penalties for violating free speech. So what we have here is a, a, a tweet leading to rampant speculation and rumor that Apple is going to pull because I don't I've not been able to find any kind of credible source of any kind that says the Twitter app is going to be removed. But. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. And then a politician comes out and says, well, in that case, we need to start an antitrust investigation immediately. Which is no different. This is how things balloon in this case. Right. It's no different than the White House. The minute Elon Musk took over Twitter, all of a sudden they were very interested in looking at what was going on at Twitter, but they weren't paying any attention when the last group owned it. Kind of surprising. Everything is political. Yes. Very politically motivated. And 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 I don't just the. Oh, the, the one other thing that, that really caught my eye about this particular story was Apple Insider's phrase in an appearance on Tuesday and never mentioned anything because they would have to censor themselves if they ever used the words Tucker Carlson, which is what DeSantis was on. <laughs> nice. Yeah, he is like uh, one of those guys on their list. I don't I don't I don't get it. But the reality is, if Apple wants to remove Twitter from the app store. I think they have the right to do so. But then again, I also believe that the millions of people that use Twitter may decide to go. And then I don't want to use an Apple device anymore because I can't get my Twitter fix. I would really like that to happen. I have heard too many people who are so have, have so closely integrated their phone into the side of their head or their fingers that it needs to be surgically removed at this point. And what you're going to get is effectively people are going the whining level. People don't know how to go to another communications platform and they don't know how to go to another phone. So if their chosen communications platform and their chosen phone stop playing nice, 
then they're just you're going to see puddles of goo in the street with a smartphone sitting on top of them as people can't cope. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I think you kind of get there anyway. It's like detox. Do a little detox from the devices. It's not good to constantly be plugged in. It is not good. And it is a. I don't know. I'm not going to fully say it is a mental disease, but it's really getting close to that with people that will hear their phone buzz or chirp and have to pick it up. You know, it's one thing if you have a you know loved one in the hospital who might be you know taking the uh, deep six anytime in the next few minutes. Yeah, there are some things that that it is important to stay by the phone. Even when when phones were landlines, you'd just like have make sure you stay by the phone. Right. But now nowadays the phone stays by you. And I think that's worse. Uh huh. It is. It's like you can't like not check it. People, this is I'm sure a lot of car accidents happen because the little phone sitting next to you and you're like, oh, no. And then you're smashing yourself into a family of six that's uh, crossing the street. Not good. Well, yeah, but the family of six didn't notice because they were all on their phones. <laughs> they were too. on their phones, right? You could all go to heaven together. It it, <laughs> it just kind of works out that way, I guess. But it's like no this this concept that what is in an app store is regulated by the government. Fuck you, DeSantis. I don't like that. No, <laughs> no, but, I'm not. I'm not a fan of of government regulate. It is the wrong solution to almost every problem. You know this the concept. It's like that. They can't control what anybody's going to do. But again, this is where the free market always wins because people are going to want the device that has the most capability. And if we remember when cell phones started, this is the kind of capability that was like a big deal. Like, well, you could do this on it. It's like if you become Apple, the people are like, you can't do Twitter on this. It's like, well, that that will hurt the bottom line. And I don't believe for a minute that Apple would do that except for a for a woke token, you know, meme creator, something that they could be like, well, and, we and, tried. And if, if they did decide to do that, which I could see happening, it would be pure virtue signaling. Yes. And it would last for two weeks until they mysteriously made up and came to an agreement. Right. Because long-term, you know, Apple can throw off your app or my app or, you know, some, struggling developer who's built the next awesome thing, but said the wrong thing on Twitter. And now, you know, they're canceled forever. Apple can do all of that without any repercussions, but there are just a few really big companies that when Apple gets into a fight with them, it it hurts them. So no, I don't think Apple's going to remove them permanently. I can totally see Apple banning the Twitter app for two weeks as a virtue signaling ploy. And then coming back and saying, okay, well, we've seen eye to eye and come to an agreement. So it's back. So you can love us again. Right. Because what I would see happening otherwise is something like this. Well, there's a brand new Twitter phone and hey, you want one free? Turn in your latest Apple device and we'll give you (laughs) one free. That would be the ultimate troll because not only do you get people on the Twitter phone, you get all of those Apple devices off interesting I, thought there and and yeah sponsored by google yeah uh-huh. <laughs> like we're all gonna win here screw yeah. apple exactly screw apple because because you know when when v1 of the twitter phone comes out people are gonna look at it and be like uh you're 
you completely screwed this up. Like it, it only boots for 25% of the people. And for those, it gives you a, a 10 kilovolt electric shock whenever you answer the phone or something like it'll be something really stupid. And because V one of every product sucks. Yeah. And if you know, Elon actually has enough money that if he has the, he has the money, if he has the will to see it through to V3, when they finally start figuring out all the bonehead bugs, it could be a real competitor, but there's too many places that are, you know, like uh, we're going to compete against Apple and Android and we're going to come out and make our phone. You know, ha- where's the graveyard of all of the amazing phones that could have been awesome if they just had a couple more versions to work out the bonehead mistakes. The uh, latest news breaking right now on No Agenda Social from the Podfather, Adam Curry, who had, uh, I mean, we've all had dental work done. I, I, I try to block that part of my memory out, but unfortunately, it's recorded in audio form on this podcast. Uh-huh. He had 12 extractions and five bone grafts Holy done. Crap. So Okay, that's worse than mine implants in two to three months he says but it seems like he's doing well so good to hear that oh my god okay i i i think he understands because he was expressing fear but um it it it, how you speak is never going to be the same if he does not want to hear that i i had (laughs) i had one tooth come out in the front and if you recall i Uh i still haven't completely got rid of my lip (laughs) Yes. That that came as a result of that dental surgery. I I mean, I, I, hope, he's okay. I hope he's doing okay. You know, I, I've had the dentist tell me that I may need to get the furthest back molar on the left side extracted, which is like the easiest thing. If you're going to have anything done, the one furthest in back, no big deal. It's not going to affect much. And it's like, I, I don't want to do that. So 12 and at it, one it's, time, it's part of me. I'm kind of attached to it. Uh-huh. I've had it for a long time. I'd like to keep it for just a little while longer, but it's good to hear he's doing good. And we'll see on uh, Sunday. I, I doubt it. After hearing that, I don't know. He would have to be a super podcaster to be back on the air uh, Sunday when this was done on Tuesday. And uh, as, as Digiguru so caringly points out, oh, I forgot nothing but a BS clip show tomorrow. <laughs> nice. And by the way, that only happens if Adam gets me an MP3. Oh, well, that would be, that would be an important way to go. You have this to is have what we refer to as a detail. I, I have no doubt he will. But Otherwise I'll be doing a pre-show and then be like, well, where's the, where's the show? Yeah, you, no, you'll be doing a five hour rock and roll show. <laughs> Just keep going. Just keep rocking. That's all we need to do. Why not join us on the no agenda stream. No agenda stream. You got unlimited stamina. I do. And the troll room, troll room dot IO. But this TikTok thing, this is a two prong story because it has both malware and idiocy attached to it the two go together more often than i'd like that is true but it's the fact that hackers are capitalizing so says bleeping computer on a trending tiktok challenge but i want to talk about the challenge first oh boy oh boy i i can see where this is going please enlighten me it is the invisible challenge now what the invisible challenge is if you haven't heard of it maybe i'm taking it because i can't see a challenge here either Uh uh-huh it says uh, a new and trending tiktok challenge requires you to film yourself naked 
while using TikTok's invisible body filter, which removes the body from the video and replaces it with a blurry background. Can anybody raise their hand and tell me why this is a bad idea? Anyone? Well, if the if the filter doesn't work, I might be more interested in TikTok. But. <laughs> well, OK, and that's the gist of what's going on here is that hackers are claiming. I don't even know if they're hackers. I think this is just mainly bad actors. They call them hackers. Well, uh, in social the engineers are often referred to as hackers, right. even if they have no computing skills. So, I mean, I, I will take umbrage with the word, but they're like, hey, we have. We have the way we have the program. We have a little thing that you can use to, you know, take that filter out of that video and see what's really there. Oh, these these aren't hackers. These are trolls. Well, yeah, but they're spreading malware, which are stealing people's passwords, discord accounts, and potentially it says cryptocurrency oh. wallets. But <laughs> I don't even care about the idiots trying to remove the filter. I'm just wondering who in their right mind trusts TikTok enough to get naked in front of the camera, record yeah, themselves the and hope that what this this Chinese company says they're going to do with your data. You want to this is like a fucking roadmap to getting blackmail material on people because it's like, oh, remember yes. that little video you took? <laughs> we have the original. Damn it. Oh, no, you Phil, missed I the fail mute, mute button. I fail at mute. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it's all right. It's, it's all right. I mean, you were having a human reaction to the people that are actually doing yes. this. <laughs> yeah, the second part of that, where, like you said, you don't care. The the part where people are getting a malware installed because they uh, are thinking with their dicks. Right. It, that story is as old as computing. It's uh, you know, run this VBS file. It'll show. Little, digital titties on your screen yeah and the okay first, well the first big one over the internet was sienna kornikova naked that was that wasn't even the first but that was a big one that that it raised awareness <laughs> it as, raised a few as things. a bbs operator on FidoNet, i i saw a plenty of you know the there was, of course because i welcomed it uh, a, a large section of people uploading porn jpegs to my bbs but then in the same folder you would occasionally see somebody open or upload a, a .exe or a .com file and say, you know, that's like, you know, bigboobs.com, which which .com in the pre-internet era days did not mean it was a website. It meant it was an executable program that was probably going to be running something you didn't want. Right. And you didn't want it. But some people didn't know it because, again, they weren't thinking correctly. And then they made bad choices like the person, whoever is making these videos in the first place. But this again, just add this. You ask the reasons why this was dangerous. Well, this is a foreign government owned company. Again, they're not. I'm sure the people at the nice people at ByteDance are interested in making some money. But this has also been so tied into political espionage and the whole concept of the the security of the nation it's like well yeah this is blackmail material 101 yeah i was gonna say do you well i was gonna ask do you think that the chinese government is interested in in blackmailing a bunch of random retard tiktokers but yes i i, I mean 
blackmailing the person who checks at the local Safeway, I don't think is going to be high on the priority list. But I suppose there's always the chance of somebody really highly placed in it. Well, it's one of these things. If you're I mean, okay, well, we see the uh, kind of shit that Hunter Biden was getting into, son of Joe Biden. I mean, I don't know. Obama's daughters are of the, you know, around the teenage age, right? I mean, who knows what kind of stuff you're getting into? Yeah, but if they look like Michelle, nobody wants to see that. That's that's low. Um, I don't disagree. Oh, did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. I, I failed at the mute button again. But these are the kind of things that you wonder. It's like, well, this could be anybody's children. It could be somebody in Congress. It could be a judge. It could be, you know, whoever it is, anybody that has any kind of political influence. If they have an idiot kid who does this, well, of course, this is interesting now to the Chinese government who can turn around and use that for whatever they want. And who knows who else gets access to these video? I mean, again, hackers, we've saw that with the fappening, which was mainly just idiots that were actresses. Mainly, I'm sure there were a few actors involved, but who cares about seeing that? That I, I'm sure there are people that just uh, gender binary people who. Oh, anyway. Yeah, that's true. I'm so sorry that had all of this synced up to mainly their Apple cloud back in the days when it was easy enough to be like, Oh, what was the name of your favorite teacher? And then that you, they gave you access to the full account to download whatever you want. But I can't get angry at any of this story. It, the entire thing is comedy. And and more importantly, if, if some prominent politicians daughter goes out and uploads her titties to TikTok and then trusts in the platform to produce a filter that's supposed to remove them. Well, I'm also going to question this. This is also a self-correcting problem, by the way. It is. But I'm also curious on if this is not child porn. If you're encouraging people. It probably is. You know, and then you're taking the video and then it's on the device. There's a whole. But as you pointed slope. out earlier in this show, it just goes on top of the large pile of child porn already on TikTok. That's well, that's true. That is kind of what TikTok's all about. Now, if you could have a filter that takes all the clothes off everybody on TikTok, that's a story. And I heard you can download one of those. <laughs> you probably could. Well, this is the AI. This is there. You know, this is what's going on here. where. You have the machine learning, you know, and I don't know. I, it is all in the AI, AI researchers are yes. working tirelessly to take the clothes off people on TikTok. And it is, uh, you know, back in the day, we've all heard of the deep fakes and all that, that there is software that will do this. Now, back in the, the last time I saw this and checked it out was probably you know, eight years ago or so where they did have a thing like, well, put in any picture and it'll take the top off. It's like, well, I'm just curious on how this is doing this. And it wasn't very good, but if the deep fakes that we're seeing are any uh, hint, you can't believe anything you're seeing anywhere. I I think deep fakes are exactly how it has to work because the, unless you can find a topless of the original model, the information is not there of what this person looks like underneath the clothes. Right. That, that data is not in the photograph, but it is pretty easy to go out and find an image from somewhere else that seems to fit the right general proportions and Photoshop it over the clothing 
and you know you throw your AI at, at working the seams and making sure that the picture blends correctly. AI seem to be good at that, judging by the pictures that people will not stop posting on NAS of <laughs> AI generated garbage. But I can see what, what effectively becomes a deep fake. You take a, a, a topless chest and Photoshop it over somebody's clothes and drop a picture in with the, the seams all correctly melded. And now it looks pretty legit and airbrushed and glamorous. And it's no more real than what you find in fashion magazines, but you can fap to it. So never believe anything that you see, you know, that's pretty much it. And we talk about the, I'm the, skeptical, the TikTok thing along with that, the United States, again, we talked about the, Hawaii is that how you say that the uh, H-U-A-W-E-I, the company that makes all the uh, I've heard Huawei Huawei and Huawei. ZTE and others yeah. that you know again where you have the, I like Hawaii now Hawaii see, it would be they better can be Hawaii now That's, it sounds like an easier thing to say too that they are banning the sale of all this equipment because of unacceptable risks to national security and I'm thinking is the hardware really that much of an issue i mean i would think the software involved well in hardware comes with firmware and no i'm not i'm True. not actually trying to make innuendo even though it's using the right <laughs> right it kind of sounds like it <laughs> but i get it but it's like okay so even that the hardware itself isn't bad because if even if you have firmware well you can you know allegedly change that but uh you know well, I in the days of automatic updates yes a lot of I, there's a lot of stories of devices that are being permanently damaged or permanently made vulnerable because people are applying the, Oh, let's ship it buggy and apply automatic updates to firmware. It's just really dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, how, how often do you come across a story of a router getting compromised because the firmware sucked, but you rarely, you hear about it every now and then, but probably nowhere near as much as it is happening. Or, and what or is made here? Routers. What's made in the United States? Um, uh, wokeness and litigation, right? Congratulations. That's not going to run my network. Those are the main exports of the U S these days. It seems like it. So it's like all of this, well, we can't use these Chinese companies. Well, then who's building it. And then do you trust yeah. them? I mean, I, yeah. Or, or when all of your chips come from a fab in Taiwan or Singapore, or right again, do you trust them? I mean, this is, it's a no win situation. Really? And, and my answer, no, I don't trust anybody or anything. Trust it's, no one. It's a lonely existence, but at least it's relatively secure. The X-Files taught us all trust nobody. So how about the one where San Francisco Police Department wants authorization for robots to use deadly force? They gave it. I think that was Did the they? latest update was they got the authorization, which means I'm not going anywhere near San Francisco, <laughs> man. No. It, the the story it, okay it hit it big it, this was in my notes from last week which we didn't do a show last week but the, all they were asking for was they said uh, you know we we want the option on the table to kill suspects if they don't cooperate with the cops which you know that in itself is scary enough like say just the i take robots out of the equation what you have is a police force saying eh we tried talking he didn't feel like talking so we want to murder the guy well, and most of the people, if you're talking that as a bar, the mentally ill and drug abusers are the ones that aren't going to 
Cohen. You mean the ones at City Hall? Yeah, those two. But those are the ones that are not going to go along with the the authorities. Yeah. And I thought they wanted more of those in San Francisco. And, I and the libertarian it. podcasters. Exactly. I thought they wanted more of that. Why are I, they trying to stop? Why are they trying to kill these poor people no, what, now? What they want, which is a, a pretty standard authoritarian tactic, is to have power over everybody and then invite in, you know, invite in all the people as long as you have power over them. This is, in fact, a, a standard authoritarian technique. It's when you want to. A police state you just make sure that everybody you bring in has the fear of government put into you and you know if if somebody is living in san francisco and knows that at any moment if they don't pull over quickly enough for the cop the cop can deploy a drone to blow up your car then you know, people will be real compliant that's what they want nothing can go wrong there i mean these are I the might same be- Folks I might I, be wildly speculating, but I don't think I'm that far off. Well, this is kind of along the lines of what people suggested in one of the more recent school shootings where they're like, you know, we could have drones in the classroom that could take somebody out either with a you know projectile. So, you know, gun in the device or even using something more lo- along the lines of a taser. And everybody was like, oh, my God, no, we can't have that. So how did we get from that so quickly to San Francisco, the most liberal Mecca in the world going? (laughs) Well, yeah, we should have robots that have uh, the authority to kill people. And this story is a few years down the memory hole. But does anybody recall that San Francisco is also one of the cities who explicitly passed a citywide ban on uh, surveillance of uh, and it wasn't for surveillance. It was a. was Some it facial recognition or facial recognition? That was it. They they passed a citywide ban on facial recognition, which means, by the way, that while it is now legal for San Francisco PD to bomb your ass with a drone, it is not legal for them to use facial recognition to make sure they have the right person. Right. Right. That's a good logical uh, bomb that was involved here that uh, I don't think politicians understand. I, no, politicians generally don't understand. It's a job requirement to not understand. And it's a uh, while I was looking this up, by the way, I came across uh, a story that this is not even the first time that people have thought to do this. Um, Dallas Police Department in 2016, there was a story of an hours long standoff and negotiations failed. And the suspect in the house or wherever they were started shooting again. And the cops finally threw their hands up and went. What do we do to end this? And they took one of their little Boston robotics robot dogs, strapped a bomb to it and had it run into the house and blow the house up and kill the suspect. And at the time, a lot of people were praising their innovation and going, that was really, really smart. But that was the first documented case I was able to find of a robot in a non-military situation being used by police to murder somebody who had not been convicted of a crime. Well, and the question becomes, what should you be allowed to use? Now, if you're talking about something where there's a hostage situation, I think maybe you have a bit of a different ball game going on, where if you can get in with an automated device like a robot that can get in without being noticed and you're not putting more people in danger, 
but I don't know where they're planning on using this. It is, uh, it is a very important part of it. I think like, where are these things going to be stationed? It's not going to be like just walking down the street and then what offenses are going to get your head blown off. And and to be clear, there's nothing in any of these stories where the San Francisco PD is saying, well, you know, now that we've got this permission, we're just going to go out and start bombing people in this situation. No, they don't. They don't have any situations where they want to. What they want is more options. And that actually makes sense. I don't mind having more options, but here's the thing. You do mind being blown up by a drone, though. Well, now. Is it a drone that is fully autonomous? Doubtful. The thing is, there's going to be somebody at the other end, which may even be a scarier alternative because this then becomes a device that could be hacked. <laughs> if there's contr- I hadn't even thought of that. Right? If there's control <laughs> from the other end of a police drone or whatever this is that is doing crowd control or something, and somebody's able to hack in and set the thing off, you yeah, you better have some damn good security. Well, you know, the solution to that is you remove the human element entirely and you make it fully autonomous and then you've got Skynet, but at least it won't be hacked, right? And uh, then you you charge twice as much for the Ukrainians who get upset that uh, Elon wants money. Like, well, he yes. lost like 40 billion in a day. Didn't you see? He needs some cash. Yeah. Twitter is failing. That That sweet Ukrainian money might be what they need. Uh-huh. Even though it all came from FTX, which was then a, yeah, let's. That's a whole other hours worth of uh, a rabbit hole. Oh, my God. I've been really trying not to pay attention to the FTX story because Uh it's just exploded everywhere. But, you know, kind of like, oh, okay. I was going to thought there was a drone joke. Stay away from the innuendo. Yeah. But there was a drone joke somewhere in there. No, no. I'm trying to stay away from the innuendo. I'm just not good at that. (laughs) You brought up something uh, a minute ago that just didn't sit well with me with regards to people wanting to. It's something about the idea of adding drones or something to schools to deter shooters. Correct. And and the thing that popped into my head at the time was, what if you have a, a wild notion that doesn't require as much technology and is probably cheaper? And that is, instead of giving guns to drones, maybe you give guns to people that you trust in the school and they can shoot somebody who walks in and tries to shoot up the school hey i am fully behind that idea more than arming drones which again can be hacked you you might have to rescind you you might have to rescind the the 1990 gun-free zone bill that was introduced and supported by uh who was it again oh yeah senator joe biden (laughs) (laughs) uncle joey making bad laws all the way back from what? Oh, he has a long history of bad laws to, attached to his name. Even even before he was installed as a, a corrupt, illegitimate president, he had a long history of bad laws attached to his name. And I know we've gotten into this. I'm still just amazed of the people that are afraid of the gun as a tool, meaning that they would not even consider. Again, you have a teacher that is vetted that let's just pretend for a minute. There's a teacher that actually has the well-being of their students at their core. Some, somebody who can take time out of their LGBT rally long enough to go get trained on a firearm. Yes. To be carrying a pistol 
I don't understand why that scares so many people because the guns are not the bad part. It's the uh, bad people they, who use them because they follow media. They follow social media that they follow the mainstream who every single time that a gun is discharged anywhere in America and there happens to be a child within a hundred yards, then uh, it becomes a, a mass shooting and it, three days worth of, of news uh, because they're freaked out by social media where every single person that they know inside their bubble is you know, also freaked out by guns uh, because they never, ever took the time to understand the tool. They just know they're supposed to be afraid of it uh, because they've been the only thing they know about guns is what they see in Hollywood movies where, you know, they're they're going off on their own at random right. times where people, you know, the, the very existence of a gun, where, you know, the worst thing about a gun is that, uh, you know, if, if you anytime that there's a dramatic scene. You have two people standing uh, arm's length apart, holding a gun out at full arm's length and thinking that that's the, supposed to be the dangerous situation. No, b- being in a movie with Alex Baldwin is uh, or yeah, well, making a movie with Alex Baldwin is a problem. <laughs> yes. Yes. Alec. Yeah. Did I say Alex. Oh, I was. Oh, my God. No, this was I saw this scene in a movie uh, just last night. I, I put on movies just for no reason. There was. A really tense scene. I think it was like a John Woo movie or something where you've seen the scene. It's iconic at this point where you have like five people all standing within a 10 foot circle, holding guns at arm's length, pointing at each other. And I look at this and I think the way out of this situation, you know, obviously they, they just want a tense moment in the movie, but the way out of that situation is okay. You, you buckle your knees so that you drop. You pull your gun in closer so that you have more accuracy and you start firing upward. And every single person who was pointing it at your face is not going to be able to react. Or if one person is standing there with a gun two inches from your face, fucking grab their arm, hit it out of the way. (laughs) How is this? This is the most threatening thing in any Hollywood movie is somebody standing two feet away, holding a gun at arm's length right up against you. Like, do you not understand that all they have to do is bash you in the wrist and now you're firing over their shoulder and they've just uppercutted you to the solar plexus and you're just you're incapacitated. The, the gun is not the right tool in that situation. Hollywood if you're at is that range, accurate. use a knife. Right. Pro tips from grumpy old Ben's. <laughs> yeah. Don't take a gun to a knife fight. <laughs> so those are wise words, Okay, which is why I people just, tune in. I, Hollywood is so annoying sometimes. Sometimes, I mean, yeah, this is why <laughs> we're all back to watching old television and old movies because almost everything yeah. new is garbage, which is makes me laugh that the new Disney movie, which I had no idea. There's a new Disney movie. Uh huh. It's a new animated. We've had one of those in 30 years. It's a new animated movie that I guess is, again, have not seen it. So I'm just going by from what I've heard. It is very much interesting. Yeah, I too don't have children. Yes which is good because then you don't have to worry about Disney that it was very much related on all of the climate change and uh, gay trans kind of stuff for children. Cause that's what really goes into a movie that's animated for children. Well, it's important to m- start the brainwashing young. It costs, I guess about 185 million, if I'm correctly remembering and the Thanksgiving weekend, when it opened up, it made like 26, 27 million. So that's, that's poetic. A little bit of a little bit of a loss. 
I mean, we're not running quite as bad of a loss here, but then again, that's because we are a value for value podcast. Yes, we keep our costs down with the time-honored tradition of starving to death. Yes, which is no good. I mean, although if if anybody's seen either one of us, they know how much of a misinformation it's bomb gonna that was. It's going to take a while. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, they'll be like, yeah, we'll see you in like a year, fatty. Come on. You just keep doing the show. You'll be healthier. We're, thank us for not donating. That's, that's not donating as well. You guys are just going to eat it. You know, that's what I did. Like when people are panhandling, you're like, no, you're just going to use it on alcohol and drugs. These uh, people listening are like, nope, you guys are just going to use this on Snickers bars. Nope. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. But coming in beef. at $33 today, our buddy, Ooh. Sir Howitzer, whose note says, here's $33 to not ask Larry how much I gave him. Oh, I won't ask. <laughs> Really appreciate your show. Here's some value that I hope you can enjoy in return. Happy Thanksgiving. Well, happy Thanksgiving Thanksgiving too, sir. How we we did. We did sort of miss two shows in a row and it's not all my fault and it's not all your fault, but between the two of us, I think we've got all the fault covered. Yes, I believe so. And uh, Larry sent me the money that he had sent him and I, it was all very confusing, but sir, Howitzer explained it very well. He tends to donate when he's drinking and we totally wholeheartedly suggest everybody do that. Yes. And we also suggest I've got a lot of booze suggestions that you might try out. Okay. Recommendations. Like the top thing to drink this holiday season or how to drink it. There's just just booze. booze. Yeah. I recommend everybody get drunk as often as possible under the, the preconditions that you donate to grumpy old Ben's when you're drunk. And what should I drink? Booze. Booze. That's I thought that we had covered that. Doesn't matter if it's I mean, clear it, booze, brown I, booze. I, in fact, I'm going to definitely say it should be only booze. I recommend against uh uh like ammonia or oh, roundup yeah. or you know, they're, they're they're no, just try to stick to booze. Go to the alcohol section of your favorite Nothing grocery but store. The best. Yes. Just booze. As long as it says booze right there on the <laughs> label, you know you're getting the best stuff possible. Yes. Sir Sean of the Allegheny Valley coming in with his $20, $25, I'm sorry, a month donation. And that is very greatly appreciated. He that never has any notes. True patron. Yes. Sir Sean of the Allegheny Valley is so tried and true. And there each and every month for all of these shows and other shows, I mean, all the shows that I'm doing. Plus, I hear him on No Agenda and other shows in the No Agenda sphere. So he is uh, taking he up donates those rings. to. He donates to about a dozen shows in, in the community. So uh, the guy is a true patron. And uh, I mean, I can only imagine he's getting value out of what is being produced by all of these shows. We would certainly hope so. Anastasia, and, you know, Treckles? If, if, if you're not getting value from all of these shows, then then probably should stop donating to all of the ones except Grumpy Old Benz. Right. This is where you get your most bang for the buck. You know, this is it. Where else can you find quality entertainment like drink booze? Yes. Anastasia Treckles coming in with her $10 and 10 cents a month donation, which I love that. Coming in with a brand new monthly donation that was just set up. Serenivus Murti. I mean, I think I'm getting that better than uh, John C. Dvorak. That's one of the names I always enjoy when Srini donates to No Agenda because for some reason it's short circuits. JC in the brain most of the time. I think he got well, it right he, once. 
in their defense, every single time a donation comes in from India, they have to marvel at the i the that they have no donations from India. <laughs> I don't know Even if this came all the way from I don't, India. But I don't think Srini no, is I don't from think Srini there. is in India. But it's a ten dollar and one monthly donation, and that's appreciated. Our buddy Sir Truck Driver started a five dollar monthly donation here. And Sir Truck Driver might be in India these these this week <laughs> i don't know I, that guy goes everywhere i know i always feel bad when the weather starts getting bad and because people drive like crap to begin he, with he'll, he'll be calling into one podcast in you know a live podcast and he's calling from atlanta or somewhere and then uh three hours later he calls into another podcast and he's in chicago like that guy gets around you're like you're driving really fast he also dude. may speed but i'm not gonna out him but that is the beauty of a lot of these the live shows that go out on either the no agenda stream as we do or their own stream like hog stories got theirs and rare encounters got theirs and i think uh, sir spencer's got his and the fun fact friday has theirs. there's so many streams with all these live shows and it's just really cool to know that it's not just you're not just getting people that are sitting at home on their computer it's like people that are out and about moving like Sir Truck Driver up and down the highways are listening live. And it's a good, good, really good use for that mobile data, I tell you. And uh, Curtis Peterson, I think this is also a monthly $5 donation. Brian Hall, a monthly $293, which is one of the longest running donors that we've had on Grumpy Old Ben's. And then uh, the final and delimiter, of course, is uh, your buddy, comic strip blogger, who obviously listened. I have a buddy. Your buddy, comic strip blogger. He obviously listened to you on Sir Gene Speak, something even I haven't done yet. And <laughs> I don't know if I'm that be, much of a masochist. Because same person would. Exactly, right. It's like, wait, so it's it's Gene who I do a show with. It's it's three hours of Bemrose and Gene. I really, get, uh, for your own sanity, you should just take a pass on this one. I know. It's like, I already get that every week. So I was like, I don't know <laughs> if I need to combine those, but CSB really liked that and he came in with his usual 15,033 satoshi donation which is two dollars and 52 cents today so bitcoin's still down but, a little but five years from now when the u.s economy has crashed it'll be worth a lot more so it is absolutely appreciated it could be billions he says howdy bemrose and darren this is as thanks to bemrose for pointing to bad person gene that <laughs> Okay, I just really like I, that's that's the the quantification. Yes, to bad person Gene, that blocking is petty, muting is sufficient, and I'm like, well, you don't, yeah, Ben Rose. I'm like, you, you ask Harry Hamster, he'll tell you the opposite about Ben Rose. But uh, Gene and Gene also lies. I, I, I keep telling CSP, everybody lies, and a lot of people are just doing it to trigger you. You can trust that everything I say is the truth, right? Sure. It might not be, but you can trust that it is. As long as you trust it, that's really all that matters. Yeah. And he wants our audience, of course, to listen to AI.cooking, which is about artificial intelligence. I don't know, CSP, we cover artificial intelligence here. I don't know if we want to be sending people over to listen to that uh, British guy, Gregory no, Williams. We actually Foreman. prepare people. We prepare people to be skeptical of artificial intelligence and make sure that they know that they shouldn't trust it before. We then send them over to the other podcast where you find out what it is that you shouldn't trust. You know, and the guy's got such a silky voice. It, I mean, I don't trust anybody with a voice that good. Well, except Larry. 
I mean, whiff, I don't know. I, oh, yeah, yeah. Nice backpedal there. You almost <laughs> fell into it. <laughs> I know. It's like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's, that's, that's the quickest tap dancing I've done in years, let me tell you. Uh, but yeah, Gwiff does a good job reading that show for CSB. Just enter AI.cooking in your web browser or in your podcast player. And you guys, you better have a web, you know, the whole podcasting 2.0 thing down, newpodcastapps.com. And then CSB says live happy, which is, I mean, I think that that's a way he first it's bad person gene, but then live happy. So he's, he's equaling those out. The messaging sounds pretty consistent to me. I'm, I'm going to go with it. And he, he says you can also see his lewd cartoons at that other www.csb.lol. Yes. Uh, and he, he put out uh, a few weeks ago while I was in Hawaii, there was a comic that he put out that was uh, uh, an unspecified podcaster who happened Ooh, to have a, a microphone beard. next to him labeled RE320. Well, that could be Adam Curry. It could be lots of people. That could be said, uh, the guy from DH Unplugged. That could be Horowitz. That, that was was accusing said unspecified podcaster of, of fapping to his lewd line art cartoons. Oh, well, that would be and, you then. Yeah, I, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I liked it. If CSB makes you into a cartoon, that's how you know you've made it, <laughs> I think. But we appreciate CSB and everybody for helping to support Grumpy Old Benz. It is a value for value proposition. You can go to grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate and use that donate button to do a one-time or monthly donation through the evil PayPal. You can use the QR codes. You can use the wallet addresses if you want to do the crypto thing. You can even use the P.O. Box address if you want to go the snail mail route. And if you're on one of those fancy podcasting 2.0 apps, you can stream some Satoshis to us right now. It is all very much appreciated, whether we're live or not. Pfeiffer came in with one uh, as we were starting the show that before the show that said this was not a pity boost. I think it was. <laughs> And, it sure uh, sounded like a pity boost, but I'm going to have to take his word for it because I don't, I, I don't have any other evidence. And uh, Net Ned with ten thousand sats saying dongles butts and bends on grumpy old bends. Or on, I, I guess it sounds better if you say gob. So it's dongles I mean, it's butts sh- and bends. I, I, can you think of better show topics? No, no. I, except, I feel like I feel like we got it. Yeah, I think we pretty much hit them all right on down the line. And we bring a whole new life to each and every one of those topics, which is why people tune in each and every week when we're not skipping weeks for things like illness and uh, Hawaiian vacations. Now, I mean, it wasn't really a vacation. I mean, I if you took Bemlet with you, yeah. Uh, well, okay. And it couldn't be there. <laughs> no, I was technically going out to see my dear sick old mom. How's she doing? Her out. And, she, and that she lives in Hawaii. What was I supposed to do? not enjoy myself i mean you could have you could have brought her to you no <laughs> it's winter here she would not handle that well like yeah no i'm not coming back to that hell hole that is no, the, the one thing i got to hear about and i guess this is just normal for people who acclimate themselves to a place like hawaii is uh when the the uh, some clouds came over because they apparently have clouds there who knew uh and then overnight, with the clouds in and not as much sunshine, the temperature dropped in the house to 69 degrees. Oh, and the amount of complaining from her and she's bundled up in a heavy sweatshirt and a <laughs> robe. But I'm still sitting here going, I wonder if I can get away with not wearing a shirt because right. I'm sweating. Right. It's like it's 69. It's hot. <laughs> it's, it's old people <laughs> see, do that. My parents where are I'm the same. sitting right now. We no, my, had 
We had the wood stove running last night, so it is currently 63 in this house. Nice. Well, I wish I had a wood stove, but my parents are the same way when we go over there and they always swear they're not right. Even though they originally had a like kind of not cheapo, but it was a scoreboard clock as the whole room down there was White Sox. So they had season tickets for 30 some odd years and the it was like a scoreboard with the time and then it had a thing that showed the current temperature. And my mom was always like, "Hell, oh, that's wrong. That thing's never right. And I'm like, I don't know. It seems hot in here. Well, that broke and we replaced that with another higher end device that also had a big clock. And that, uh, that was also wrong all the time. That was also now wrong. It's always like 75 degrees. I'm like, that's too hot. That's, <laughs> that's just, you know, it's, uh, but they're like, no, that's cool. It's cool in here. That's fine. It's like, no, it's old people. They, they want it to be warm. I, yeah. Well, I'm especially this winter when I'm acclimating myself to being poor and not being able to afford a lot of things like, you know, electricity. Uh, we are keeping the house. We're trying to keep it in the 63 to 65 range. If it hits 70, because I've been running the stove too much, I got to take everything off and sweat. And no, I'm not sending you pictures. You're welcome. That's your version of the sad puppy. I like it. I'm with you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, the other day when we finally, you know, it's, it's snowing like crazy outside and I'm finally like, I think it's time to start the stove. And I look at the temperature and it says, it's 54 inside. I'm like, yeah, it's time. Yeah, that's a little too cold. And while I like it cool, I am going, I think, invest in another little infrared space heater because I've done the math. And I talked about this a little bit on random thoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B, that I believe I've gotten it pretty close to what the cost is for running my furnace for an hour, which Right now, I mean, if you have to include a little bit of electricity because there's a blower involved, but just the gas portion is a buck twenty four an hour. So you add a little more yeah. electricity to run that fan. You're probably, you know, a buck thirty five an hour to run the furnace. And it's not super cheap. No. And a little space heater costs about twenty cents an hour to run. So if if you can keep one room warm and the rest cool, that will actually go a so, long way. My my technique is taking that localization of heat even farther. And that is when the temperature drops into the fifties, eight ish degree, you know, and it actually gets cold enough that I suddenly find myself having a more difficult time typing because my fingers are going numb. Yeah, that's not good. I, I, that that's usually the big clue. I'm like, okay, now it's actually interfering with my ability to do things. But the technique that I use is, you, you know what a heating pad is? It's like a 12 by 18 inch electric blanket. Right. That, I get one of those and I put it in the chair in the lazy boy underneath me <laughs> and turn that on. And then, and then I put a blanket over me and it, it can be cold as it wants in the house, but all the heat being generated is right on my butt where it should be. Yeah, exactly. Now the problem of course, is that if I am being the only thing warmed in the house, guess what also happens to me? The wife gets angry. No, the, the wife has her own heating pads. <laughs> No, I become covered in cats. Oh, well, that's it. They're like, this is warm. Servo wanted to know, like, what about your pipes? And I'm like, well, yeah, that too. You got to uh, keep your pipes I, warm. I have not. I, I cannot admit on a public podcast to having smoked any of those. Right. I mean, we don't keep it super cold in here. It's just, I would like to be able to keep the house at about 60 and then have a uh, space heater down in the room that we're at. And allegedly, I, I know nothing about this. I've been trying to do research. 
and maybe somebody out there can enlighten me what these little infrared heaters allegedly do because they're like well it it warms up the objects in the room more than it just throws warm air out by using infrared light and i'm like is that like cooking you is that a is that a kind of is that a good idea you know i saw Uh, a guy that was doing a review that was the same kind of heat that you get from sunlight to be honest right well that's what all of these things say there was a guy that was in his basement he's like well the air isn't that warm but it like pointing it at the work desk if i touch the work desk that feels warm i'm like that's just weird well i mean i could try to describe the physics for you the the standard heater heats up air and then tries to send the air across the room and and uh you know air being a fluid like it is tends to disperse so the distance between the heater and you it so it's a lot not of very the, efficient a lot of the heat being generated goes into the room now that's not a problem if it raises the ambient temperature of the room uh the infrared doesn't heat up the air at the heater and it doesn't heat up the air in between it heats up whatever the infrared is striking and that's where that's where the energy gets converted into heat and and yes you can totally cook yourself if you don't do it right yay so don't do that so look forward to that (laughs) yeah it's like i don't know i'll just use one of the old-fashioned ones that just blows air it's the same reason why you don't use a microwave with the door open to heat your house well you wait you're not supposed to do that well i don't i don't know what the current trends are i don't have a microwave anymore wait you don't even have one no i haven't had one for years wow how do you make your oatmeal with a tea kettle yeah that makes sense or or a saucepan how many here's the really the important thing is how many coffee makers are in the home uh let's see i think lisa's got one downstairs um there might be an espresso maker in the back office i am looking at Three, and that's not counting the French press on the shelf or the arrow press behind it. So we're about five. <laughs> so you're you are set for coffee. That's all that matters. And as long I, as the wood stove's going, I mean, no matter what, yeah, you got the I got ability a wood to stove, heat water. I've got coffee, and I've got a microphone. What more does a guy need? Nothing. That is why people tune in for grumpy old Ben's each and every week, even when we're not here. I, yes, yes, they do. In fact, I believe last week. At the Grumpy Old Ben's time, knowing that we were not going to go on, I went ahead and did my first ever live episode of Angry Tech News. And uh, it also happened to be the longest episode ever because I spent the entire time stammering over the fact that I did not have a script. <laughs> and looking at the, whatever the trolls were saying and like, and, Shut and up! looking at the trolls. Yeah, yeah. Leave me alone. I'm trying to do a show. Yeah, I don't. I, what I have learned is that unlike people like you or, or Larry or Adam, I do not have the concentration. To be able to ad lib live on things. Instead, I just say whatever comes to mind. And some people find that entertaining, but it's not always what I wanted to say. Well, Larry says he can't handle being in the troll room or watching anything while trying to do the show, which is Adam Curry has perfected this and he makes it look so easy that all podcasters right out of the gate think that they should be able to keep up their side of the conversation, reply to people in the chat slash troll room, boot people that are getting out of hand, follow things going on on social media and be able to not skip a beat when, you know, the conversation moves on. And that is not easy to do. And then Adam has all of the audio effects and stuff that he plays too. Uh, I mean, I just, I hope to be as good as he is one day, but Adam makes it look easy and that's the hardest part. Yes. So I've heard, I hope to get to that point 
at some point. But it's good that there was a new angry tech news. Those have been less and far between. You need they're, to do they're not more. happening as often as I'd like. That much is sure. But we are we are clawing back from the the depths of of maps with Matt Dumb. <laughs> well, nobody's quite that bad. Whatever happened to that crazy at Quebecer? I don't know. Somebody got to find imagine, him. I imagine he probably went off and, and got a life and found a, a companionship and, and discovered that there are things more important than podcasting. And uh, God forbid any of our other listeners do that because we need you to stay here and hang on every, our every word. Yeah, well, you don't have to do your own podcast, but just make sure you're listening to ours. With that said, we will be back next Wednesday with another edition of the Grumpy Old Ben's podcast. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac. We don't have any snow yet, but looking forward to it. And from America's left coast, where I have a lot of shoveling in my near future. I'm Ryan Pemrose.